I'm delighted to welcome Joe Hart to the podcast. Welcome. The manager wished me happy birthday in the meeting today. He told me I was combined age of two of the lads who came on. It's however old you feel in your head. Absolutely. Mate. That's exactly what it is. That's what all people say, and I say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was somewhere in football. I'd gone from having a real solid position in football to just kind of, I don't know where I was going. I was a 30 year old loney. No one wants to be a loney when they're 30 years old. And I yeah. hadn't even thought about it yet no, until no. this guy said, Big boots to fill. Joe Hart's like, he's the man. And I'm thinking, you know, don't need he this. Did. He's not fast. He's so one-footed, it's a joke. He's weak. But then again, he, no one could touch him. They're trying to sign Kaka. They're trying to sign Buffon. Proper big dogs. Pep came in. I wasn't his goalkeeper. I'm two years into a five-year deal, a strong deal that someone can't just yeah. rip up. I'm technically an asset at the club, so they can't just give me away, even though they didn't need me anymore. So it was, it was a bit of a mess. I just love diving around, love messing about, love taking shots. But like I say, like football is class, in it? There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello everybody, welcome to the Foscast. We are in Glasgow today because we are doing a podcast with one of my all-time Premier League favourite goalkeepers. I do actually mean that, honestly. And one of the best goalkeepers I get to see, got to see, up close and personal in training. I'm delighted to welcome Joe Hart to the podcast. Thanks, guys. That was nice. I told you it was a nice intro, didn't I? That was lovely, yeah. Um, First and foremost, mate, happy birthday. As you can see on the table, we've got you a nice little cake for you. Thank you. We didn't get no cake uh, uh, candles or anything, though, mate, all right? That was Seba's fault, by the way. Seba got the thing. Nice one, Seb. Yeah, so it's a a nice thing. Um, Lovely city, this is Glasgow, by the way. Mate, we've just had a little drive through. We've only been here for like 20 minutes or something like that. But this is class, isn't it? No, Glasgow has been really cool. Um, obviously, I was attracted to the to come up, obviously, for Celtic. Amazing football club. Um, did a little bit of research when the opportunity came and people spoke so highly about it. I love it. Family love it. Um, yeah, it's been a special time in my life. How much of a decision is that at first when someone like Celtic comes in? Because to be fair to you, you've always been one of these players who just wants to go and play football, haven't you? You've been, like I say, you've been out to Torino, you've been out on loan to other places before, so you're willing to move to play football. But what was that like, that decision? Was it, was it one of those where you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can come up with a family, I don't know if I can stay, if I can travel it or anything like that? Was that a consideration? Um, I, I, was in a, um, I was in a different place when, uh, when the opportunity came to come here. I just... Um, just finished at Spurs pretty abruptly. I'd kind of made a decision to go there and I wanted to be a part of their, their club and do my best to help, you know. I've said before, I wasn't naive. I didn't think I was going to go and dislodge Hugo as number one, but mm. I thought, you know what? Spoke to Jose. Um, I thought I can come and try and bring something to this club. So I took my family down to London. Um, I've got young children. My son's eight, eight now, so and then a younger daughter. But he'd done a couple of schools and I was like, we'll do that. Then we'll come back up when we've done what we need to do at Tottenham and probably play a bit. bit what well, did you sign at Tottenham? One year, two, two years, years, two years, and then obviously things things ended pretty abruptly there. And uh, I said, you know what? I don't know if I need this anymore. <laughs> I love playing football, love it, but I don't. I didn't love professional football. Didn't love it as a job. What were you thirty four at the time? Thirty four. Yeah. But um, I play because I love it. Yeah. That's why I turn up. I play because I love it, and I didn't. And it wasn't. I wasn't quite getting back what I was putting in. Um, but then obviously I got the opportunity to come here. I spoke to, I spoke to Ange. Um, I've always known about Celtic, you know, a big phrase as well. I know yeah, how much he loved yeah, it yeah. up here. He um, did love it up here to be fair, didn't he? It, it's just, it's just got a lot of history in the game. But to answer your question, I decided that um, my football wasn't important enough to be number one in the family anymore. So I wanted them to be settled and happy and safe. Yeah. And then I would just said, uh, I, you know, I want this opportunity to go up there, but I'll make it work. I'll I'll work in between the two. But I'll, you know, you need to be settled in school and s- start your life. Football's not the most important thing as a family now, um, but it's still important to me. I, I want to make it work, and I've done my best to do that. Do you find that, Joe? You mentioned about loving playing football. I, I think think you're the same, Ben. Mm. Do you do you find guys at kind of the age that you're at now that that 
almost like the business of football just kind of does it wear you down a bit? Look, I don't. I just think we're lucky, mate. Because it is a business, it's a job, and I don't, I don't hold anything against anyone who doesn't love it, who isn't passionately involved. They're, they're earning a living for their family, they're talented, and they're making the most of it, wh whatever that may be. Um, I just feel absolutely blessed. I remember when I was a kid, I remember one guy saying to me, like diving around in the mud, like just loving life. About 30 years old, he, he looked like a I remember thinking, fucking, you're a dinosaur. But I'm obviously 36 now, and he went, You'll learn, young'un, you'll learn. As in, like, you're having fun now, but you watch. It'll wear you down. Yeah, you yeah. watch. And I, and I remember thinking, like, whatever. And I still <laughs> think that now. I just love diving around, love messing about, love taking shots, want to go in goal, want to have fun, want to talk football, want to be around football. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't see that. Yeah, like you said, you do see people that are ground down and see things differently, but that's life you know i just i just see it as such a blessing that i'm still sat here at, you know with a birthday cake for 36 years old buzzing yeah <laughs> yeah but we've, we've shot a video today right so you two did a video yeah, like a did, little yeah. challenge video against each other and like you, you you're a pretty enthusiastic guy right ben yep, yep joe first time i met you today and it was today was it was brimming it was like <laughs> overflowing with enthusiasm and it was really funny just watching him laughing behind the camera yeah how can you not how can you not? You know, people, oh, I'd love to be in your shoes as a, as a footballer. Like, well, you're not getting these shoes. Like, I, I'm not letting them go. I love it. <laughs> and I'll continue to love it after. The first, you know, if I go home, I'm playing football. Um, once I'm done playing professional football, whenever that may be, um, I'll still play football. I want to play in the charity games. I want to play, help my friends out. I want to play in this. I want to do that. I want to mess about with Fozzie because I've got some payback for what's just gone on today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, put some context from we've made a football video for the for the Cycling GK channel this afternoon. Um, we did it at the Celtic Triangle. It was, it was actually pretty good, wasn't yeah. it? We're, we're trying to score some goals. We're trying to basically say our goalie's good enough to play as a striker. Could we play as a striker? And with today's showing, 100% we could, by the way, because we were on flames. You're notching a few, aren't We, we you? were on flames, weren't we? We had a combined age. Oh, you said it at one point. You said, we've got a combined age of 76 <laughs> between me and you, Ben, and yeah. we're like a bunch of kids. We're like a bunch of massive kids running about the place. Yeah. <laughs> I got, um, the manager wished me happy birthday in the meeting today. And he told me I was combined age of two of the lads who came on. In the oh, game. it's <laughs> horrible, isn't it? <laughs> it just left that on me. I was like, right. Cheers, cheers boss. Yeah. Hey, aren't you, someone told me the other day, uh, you're the oldest ever player to play for Wrexham. Yep. And you're the oldest at the club by five years, aren't you? No, I think Chomp's 36. I think he's 35. Well, four, sorry, four or five years. Yeah, but it's however old you feel in your head. Absolutely. Mate. That's exactly what it is. That's what old people say, and I say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, when you were saying about then, about um, diving around and just trying to have a nice time, right? So we did a podcast with Nick Pope last week, and I always love to say to goalies, like, who's the best goalie you've ever got to train with? Who's the best player you played with in terms of goalkeeping? And he kind of, he thought about it for a little bit, and he went, Joe Hart. And I went, yeah. And he went, yeah, it's just his enthusiasm. He's like a big kid. He just wants to have a nice time. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always energetic, diving around the place, wanting to do extra shooting after training. I went, it's exactly what my answer is. So that's exactly what I said. The same thing. Best goal I ever got to see up close and personal in training was yourself for that exact reason. Not only that, but you're a cat. You know what I mean? You're an absolute cat. But I remember going away with England and just coming back and going, lads, honestly, he is a joke. He, you are a joke, mate. Just like Tigger. That's how I used to describe you, yeah, Tigger. He did. He did. Too much energy. Now look, mate, that's, that's really humbling because two goalies that I've got a heap of respect for um, on and off the field. Um, but... I've always thought that. If I, I don't even know what I bring to the table. I really don't because I can only be me. But I think uh, my previous answer, I just love going in goal. Yeah. Love it. Love being around amazing talent, amazing players, amazing goalies. Like that that energy. Look, we're not being asked to do too much. Um, try and get. I, I just try and get the most out of me. But I don't even know why I'm trying to get the most out of it. It's not like I'm. there's a particular end goal. There never really has been an end goal for me. It's just just have a good time and make saves have banter, try and get on top of someone, try and get out from someone when they're on top of you. That sounds horrendous, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> what, yeah, what, what a life, what a life. I'm with you, mate. That's what I mean. Don't let it drag you down. <laughs> have a nice time and enjoy it. That's what it's about, you know. And what about at, at Burnley? Because we were saying to Nick about that, weren't we? And um, like, that's some three goalies at a football club, isn't it? Yeah. That was... That was a strange time, but it was a great time. Look, um, I was 
I was somewhere in football. I'd gone from having a real solid position in football to just kind of, I don't know where I was going. Um, and that wasn't, I didn't mean as in, I didn't, I knew who I was and what I was, but my position, you, you need a place in football. Yeah. You can have, you can be whoever you, like, you can have all the talent in the world or not have any talent, but you, you need a place, especially as a goalkeeper. And I'd, I'd lost my place. I was kind of like, I didn't know what I was. I was, I was a 30 year old loney. No one wants to be a loney when they're 30 years old. Um, and then this kind of crazy opportunity came at, at, um, at Burnley with, with Tom coming back from a difficult injury. Nick had been, you know, come in and had the debut season, like now, well, obviously now I know him that I expect him to have, but no one expected him to have. He was, he was so good. And then he did his shoulder preseason. And then I spoke to Sean Dyche and he kind of said, look, I, you know, I know I played against you when uh, I was at Northampton and you were at Shrewsbury. I, I think a lot of you, I think it's a great opportunity for you to come in, help us, we'll help you. Hopefully it goes well. And if it does, you know, I've got these, I've got these two amazing goalies anyway. And, you know, you move on or, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, you know, it didn't work out necessarily that well for me, but it was, it was, it was class to be a part of. Like, <laughs> like love heats anyway. I'll go yeah, way back yeah, with yeah. heats. Got to know Popey. Um, he, he, unbelievable uh, rehabilitation phase from a nasty injury. Yeah, nasty no, shoulder he's talentless about it, yeah. Um, but just took it like a champ, came back in. You know, the dynamic changed constantly and my position in the team changed, um, but I was quite happy to support and, and try and push these two top keepers on. And just like I've always been treated, I wanted to treat them. And, you know, they're both doing, you know, Tom's similar sort of age to me, but doing a, you know, I suppose from the outside, probably not doing anything, but me knowing Tom and me oh, knowing yeah. how important someone like him is at Manchester United, uh, how well he's thought of. Uh, and Nick's obviously smashing it at the Geordies yeah. and making a lot of people smile. I put it out there. I said in the, uh, with Popey, I said, I think for three goalies to be at the same football club, I think that is the best three you'll ever get anywhere probably in the history of goalkeeping. Do you know what I mean? That's only, no, I'm not being, I'm not joking there when I say that. You think you'll probably only ever get that in a national team, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. get that in a national team. Otherwise, you ain't getting it at a club level. No chance. Mate, the level was good. And you know what? It was um, everything that Burnley offered. It was, it was just a real humble place to be, a real hungry place to be. It was a place where people could laugh at each other yeah. and not take offence to it. People could laugh at. It was it was a bit bit of a strange situation, but it was a good situation, and it was a you know the manager makes the decision, and then we all just kind of deal with it and get on with it. And if that means supporting someone, someone's having a bad day, and you know all their heads elsewhere, they can you know it was even to the point of you know letting letting each other know look, look I might not be on it today, just give me a, just give me yeah, a yard, yeah, yeah. yeah no problem, get round them, look after them, and we move. I did have you days like that all the time? But <laughs> <laughs> did you? Um... We heard about this Tom Heaton imaginary dives, like full, full stretch dives, like on his own. Visualization. Visualization. He's Do you remember a, that? He's is a barn pot, man. <laughs> but he, he's, he's an amazing, amazing guy, but he's, he's, he's different. Uh, but he's, you know, tra he would, what's the Nintendo used to flip open? DS. So he had the DS, he'd be doing his... Um, brain training. He'd be brain training. Not wrong morning, with that. But every morning, religiously, yeah, he'd have certain yeah. things. Uh, he'd be... But t that guy, mate, like every little bit of ability and every little bit of him that he had, he used. Yeah, Every morning it, yeah. he was in, in the, in the gym, like a, like, a, like a young lad practicing his left foot. See, in doing ah oh, the best was when I used to see him doing like finger weights and stuff no, like that. No, he was not. But doing you know the best finger weights, finger weights, finger weights <laughs> for that, that for that big around. for that big save. Ah, nutter. But <laughs> do you know what I loved about him? And I know you're gonna have to bleep this out, but he didn't give a fuck what anyone thought. Yeah. He was just doing the best that would make him the best goalkeeper. Yeah. And like the lads, like I say, Burnley was a unique place because you could you could have it like you could take the mick out of him, and he's not gonna take offense. He's like. Pff. That is me, mate. Like I'm trying to get the best out of myself. Well, you do you. Yeah, it's in, yeah, and the diving and stuff like that. Um, the breathing, so funny to watch. The facials, I just a buzz. Off. I still buzz off. I'd call him now just to get just to get a buzz off. Each. What a legend, love Tommy. Um, I want to go back to I want to get to um, Celtic. All right, I want to yep. talk about um, obviously this city. The fans, everybody knows the fans are famous up here for being double passionate. Um, I want to talk about this derby, this Celtic Rangers derby. You had one a couple of weeks ago, actually. Celtic at the minute 
thoroughly on top, by the way, when it comes to the local derbies. Um, how big a game is that up here? And how do you prepare for that mentally? Because that, that you know for a fact that if you lose that game or if you have a bad performance, then that's going to carry, that's going to follow you around for a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, look, it, it is big. Um, there's a lot of eyes on it, but I've loved all the like all the derbies. Like I was when we were doing the thing before. When I was seventeen, I was playing Shrewsbury Wrexham. Like that was huge, man. Like that was that was my everything. Yeah. That was my like I grew up Shrewsbury. And then, you know, moving through them, go to um, kind of City United. Like then, then I'm going on loan to Birmingham. Like the 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 Birmingham derby. Like, yeah, Birmingham Villa or Birmingham Wolves. Like, I, or... I just think that. However big the fan base is and whatever people's like, luckily, not luckily, but rightfully so, people have got great opinion of Celtic and of Rangers of, of their support because they are very passionate. Yeah. But any club you're part of, whether it's globally passionate or the just the two or three thousand that travel with you to a local diehards, like you feel it, you yeah. feel it. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of, I'm of an age of look i'm just going to try my best and if, if stuff follows me around and people think they can take the mick out of me for something that i did bad as a goalkeeper like whatever it's it's not through anything yeah, other than me, me trying my best but it is it is special and the noise the noise the noise in moments here like the moments are really really noisy yeah there's a constant hum constant buzz constant you know amazing singing but big noises big moments get big noises here cool, goosebump kind yeah of big do, you think it's, do you think it's the biggest it's got to be one of the biggest derbies in the world, hasn't it? It has to be. Well, I, I, like I say, I don't know, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to disrespect anyone else's. Yeah, because to them, their yeah, the most like you said, it could it? be yeah. a local two, yeah. three thousand, but for them, that's everything, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, they, it's good. It's really good. I love playing them, and they're hard. They're hard games, and you really feel the the ebb and the flow of the of of what's going on, um, off the field as well as on the field, and. Uh, yeah, there's like you know the sharp intakes of breath in the big moments, and like I say, the the, the all-out aggression and noise of something going for you or against you is it's, it's a good feeling. What you said then a minute ago about um, this feeling of like you've got to a place now where you don't really care about making a mistake, or is that something that you've learned? Is that like experience? Because I think that's something for me that benefited me massively. Once I got into my thirties, I think I was able to somehow sw flip a switch and go, you know what? I'm trying my best. I am. And if I make a mistake, I'll happily come in and go, sorry, lads, I ain't trying to do it, but yeah. it is what it is, isn't it? It's a hundred percent come of age, mate. And uh, if I were to like track my progress, I kind of didn't think till I was about 27 didn't think i just did autopilot just like what's next who you know i mean go i'll go t t dive say see the then 27 i'd say um i was at a, i was at a stage and a, and a status if you like when i was like whoa maybe i'm one of them guys and how does one of those guys behave and he can't do that he can't yeah. make that mistake and yeah just and overthinking that, stuff yeah yeah like I just used to roll out and train then all of a sudden I was rolling out and uh, it was the first time I ever got um, taken out of a team, dropped by a team, Manuel Pellegrini. It was probably about uh, eight games in and I was a hazard. I was a hazard on the pitch. Like I was, I was a problem. And I was thinking, what the f like in the, in, the, in the previous to that, I couldn't do no wrong. And it wasn't through me trying to do anything other than just try and be my best be there for the lads, have my relationship. And then I was coming for things that I shouldn't, not coming for things that I shouldn't. Um, you know, letting things bounce off me that maybe I shouldn't, trying to catch things that I shouldn't. Yeah. And I was just, it was a really confusing time because I was like, I've I've never had to think about anything. And um, good time for me. It was a time when, remember we did a podcast with Jamie Edwards, the guy that yeah, I worked with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I got in contact, uh, spoke with him. I'm glad for you, YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, loved, yeah. yeah. Love, love, love Jamie and... That was the start of something, you know, me growing again, going again. But um, uh, in terms of being okay with making mistakes, I've kind of always been okay with them because um, I've never thought I was perfect. I never, I know, I know, I know, no one is, and it's a tough, it's a tough one to line uh, to go with because you want to the best of yourself, but you also got to be pretty real. And mistakes happen. Um, I've never gone out and intended to make one. Yeah. Um, and I've also done things that I didn't think I was capable of doing in terms of the good side. So with the with the good comes the bad, and um, yeah, obviously you try and keep them to a minimum, but it's just sometimes it's just not possible. And it mad this is so. 
like this is goalkeeping. I think honestly, I think goalkeeping is a completely separate sport to being a footballer. Yeah, it I'm is. I think it's the most. I think with football, you being an outfield player, you have the ability to be able to switch it off and just do it autopilot because you have to do it most mm. of the time. You have to spend an autopilot. I think with goalkeeping, you have so many times, so many periods where you are in your own head so much and you'll just let it run away with stuff, don't yeah. it? It just goes crazy and you're trying to calm it down and you're trying to say, what are you doing, you dickhead? Just relax and have a nice time because when you're on training pitch I guarantee you, well I've seen you you're like a big kid aren't you you yep. just everything's so easy then the second you start to think about it shoo, it's a problem mate it is yeah, yeah it becomes jerky it doesn't come the rhythm's not there the second guessing's the worst how could you go from literally doing everything all day every day without even the second thought to just because it's yeah in front of people in front of people or there's something on the line or I don't know it's to, to to second guess what you're doing and why would you do it like especially in our position yeah, yeah, because yeah. the moment you second guess oh mate trouble whew, you're on the back foot I, I would be able to count on probably one hand the amount of times that I've second guessed and it was and it worked out for me yeah really yeah <laughs> the rest of it no you're going to fail well, yeah, you're just, going to fall it's short it's just going to cause trouble what it? advice then have you got for young goalies or young players that might be going through something a little bit similar to that where they're just trying to just overthinking it a little bit too much overcomplicating it um Make the mistakes. You've, I think. I think you know. One one question, which obviously comes that you've probably had it. If you could go back again, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I wouldn't tell myself anything. Um, you've got to make mistakes to learn. You've got to be in good situations, bad situations. What I say to help it, um, there's got to be that core belief at the bottom of it to to have put you in a position where making the mistake is a, an irregular thing. Mm. So just take yourself back to that. Take yourself back to that. I think what I said there, um, how many times, you know, I think many people count on one hand, goalkeepers, that the uh, the afterthought was the right one. Yeah. Or would have helped, helped the situation. Instinct, gut, everything that you've trained for, believe in it and go with it. And being perfect is ma is massively out of the question. Oh, it's impossible. It's and impossible. So in, and in a position that we are, the fact that the, the inevitable is going to happen, mm. it's, it happens. Yeah. yeah, but I think you just got to draw on the fact that um, many, many times I think many goalkeepers that will have do something in a split second in an instinct and have no idea why they did it or yeah. how they did it and be like, "Poor, that was amazing." Yeah, that's class. <laughs> it's lovely, them, aren't they? Yeah. So why why would you not why would you not draw on them right? the same as as much as you're going to worry or think about something that didn't I, necessarily I, do you know work. what's really important for like young goalies and your young sports people out there so I, I played last night Joe right I played and it was nil nil in about the 55th minute or something like that somebody played a ball back to me and I went to clear it and I shanked the shit out of it right yeah. and I mean over there shanked the shit out of it so much so that they could even break and got onto it and I'm thinking I've just shanked one it's nil nil if they score here we lose this game <laughs> Then we're going into the final two game, and my mind was just that went. Your, was that what went through your head? I promise you, my mind just went woof, zero to hundred mile an hour in a split second, right? And then for about two or three minutes afterwards, I kept thinking, nobody passed me the ball back. I don't. Nobody passed me the ball back. I don't want the ball back to my feet. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. That is the most natural thing that I promise you will be going through pretty much every sports person's head in the history of ever it's just how it works it's normal and it's natural you've just got to learn to kind of go what a load of it's, bollocks but then in amongst all those thoughts someone will pass the ball back to you and you'll just do something perfectly Lovely. fine perfectly yeah. right and you'll think oh yeah back to <laughs> normal right, you can pass to me again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do know what I'm doing it's true though isn't yeah. it yeah, it's yeah. mad isn't it if you come to if you come for a cross in the first minute of a game you know you're having a good game Yeah, you know it if you come for that cross and drop it Mate, I do not put another ball in the box for the rest of this game, please. It yeah. is horrible, honestly. It's horrible. It's yeah. the beauty of being a goalie, mate. I think it is, mate. It's it's a massive it's a massive uh, roller coaster, but uh, you got to laugh at yourself. Damn right, like, I know. Yeah, you laugh. We're supposed to, well, we're actually supposed to be one of, like the good ones. <laughs> the I, I, ones. When I'm talking, I'm talking about the uh, the whole spectrum of goalkeeping from Sunday league to yeah, yeah, literally yeah. A, a four year old putting his first pair of gloves. We're like in the upper. <laughs> Of this and that that mad stuff's going through our heads. It goes to a show. It goes to a show. It happens to everyone, doesn't it? Hundred percent, it happens. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. So, so you two guys just ro roll back a few years. You were telling me on the way here, Ben, that you very, very nearly played against each other at 
Shrewsbury and Kidd- uh, Kidderminster. Yeah. Kidderminster. So areas. this is when we were. You would have been eighteen, I think, at no, the time. I was, I was a bambino. Yeah, man. you were a bambino. You had the biggest head I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> mass- I remember. I could see you from. I was playing the game, so it was Kid- Kidderminster against uh, Shrewsbury, and I was playing the game, and I That's could just conference. see. I could see this kid on the bench with the biggest <laughs> head of blonde hair ever. Like I mean, peacock spiky. Oh, it was yeah, all yeah. over the shop. Weren't the it? highlights were in, mate. Yeah. yeah, so that was our first ever time we kind of like come across each other. And then, like, I remember obviously keeping an eye out for him or whatever. And he went and then got the move, obviously, to Man City. And it just sort of blew up from there, really. But, mate, that's the, I love that part of it. You know, I think, I think my grounding is coming up, playing for these sort of teams, going out on loan and getting experience, being amongst men is yeah. the best thing you can do, mate. And I know the fact it would have been the same for you because you just want to play football, don't you? Yeah, I, I was. Uh... I was thrust in at a very young age. I wasn't part of a big club. I was part of Shrewsbury Town, and you know, I was on the bench in the in the in the league when yeah. I was fifteen. Were and, you? Yeah. yeah, but not. It wasn't. I, I, I never thought I was a particularly like blistering talent. But you know, circumstances back then. You had the number one goalie, number two, then the youth team goalie, um, maybe another one, and then I was somewhere down. I don't know how. I was just jumping between age groups, playing resi games. The goalkeeper coach really believed in me and would push me and. One way or another, I was on a bench when I was probably three or four times that season. Wow. Um, God knows what happened if I played, but you know, I don't even know if the manager knew my name. He just had to have a goalie on the bench and I was next in line. But I, I remember Fozzie, um, I've, never, I've never warmed up. I was warming the goalie up and these balls were just landed in our box. I was like, who is this freak down the other end? <laughs> They're like, just oh, pummeling ben, them. Ben Foster on them from... And I was like, what? And then what, you were wicked in the game. Absolutely wicked. I remember us winning one there. I remember Ryan Lowe yeah. scoring. Yeah, the Ryan Lowe, well done, yeah. Um, and I remember thinking, ooh, okay. That's exciting. And then obviously, you, you know, you, you progressed and then we, we crossed so, paths. So when you like come across each other at that, that young age, obviously you've both gone on to have great careers, but do you then subconsciously just keep an eye on each other's career? Or A hundred percent, yeah. Did because I just, like like I say, attention was caught from you being able to launch at the mm. length of the field. Then you're like, absolute cat. You know, then obviously the, the Man United interest and stuff like that. It's like, well, where are we going with this? And just kind of followed it and... Yeah, it's life, isn't it? It's mad. I want to talk about another one of your loans then, um, Birmingham City, because this was the big one, wasn't it? This was this was the start of your real kind of like, yeah, come on then, let's start doing a bit now. So this is good. I like that, I like that you said that because I was um, assigned City when I was 19. Did a season, did a few loans. Uh, assigned, as a, assigned as a three with a, just to see what I was made of, um, which was great. You know, I was fucking buzzing, mate. Premier League, Shrewsbury Town, League Two at Premier League. Ended up getting on the bench quite a lot of injuries. And the year after Sven came in, and then Sven, I was 20. I had Sven, Casper. Yeah. Uh, sorry, m- myself, Casper, and Andreas Isaksson, the number one who was the Swedish yeah, goalie. Yeah, Swedish, time, yeah. Who, uh, who got injured quite early, broke his thumb. So it was just me and Casper, two young pups. And uh, Sven d- ended up doing this thing. Casper started the season. I dislocated, like, you know, Casper probably and, and could have easily being number one but um, Andreas had broke his thumb I dislocated my finger so Casper started the season and then Sven decided to put me in for seven games then he wanted to give Andreas seven games wow really strange but it was all quite well communed. You know, I don't know if you know Sven but like lovely lovely yeah man. he would he was down to earth They're very calm lovely very lovely calm. man yeah. and, uh, and then so that's 21 games in of a 38 and then he's, he made a thing that he was going to decide he was going to go and goal and he chose me and I played the rest of the season so I had a good season so I'm 20 now, 21. Then Mark Hughes came in. So that was under Sinawatra, taxing Sinawatra. Yeah, City got yeah, more. yeah. That all, I don't know how that ended, but that's not for me to say. Probably the lawyers are dealing with that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, leave that one alone. And then, um, and then the Abu Dhabi money group came in yeah. with Keldoon and um, Sheikh Mansour. So we were like, all right, okay. Is, that, is this genuine or not? Um, turned out it was. And they brought Mark Hughes in, doing a, an unbelievable job at Blackburn. And they started spending some big, though, big, big money. And Mark, I'm, I'm 22, 21, I don't know what I am, 21, 22. Casper's same age as me. And he wants, he wants a proper number one. Yeah. He wants an established number one. Yeah, whatever you are, sound, I've got this money. And I feel like a number one's important. You know, they're trying to sign Kaka. They're trying to sign Buffon. They're re- like proper big dogs. Um, <laughs> and he'd just been at Blackburn. And, I, and I'm kind of like number one-ish at the moment. So I'm just waiting to see what happens. Anyway, they couldn't get in who they wanted. So I, I started the season, played, 
some 50 Prem games in it. And then at the very end of February, they were trying to get Brad Friedel, trying to get Brad Friedel, and then they turned their attention to Shea, bought Shea in. Shea's absolute... Yeah, like, Shea given. He's icon, Shea given. man. Like yeah. Newcastle. Newcastle was struggling. Shea was making noise that he wanted to leave, bought Shea in. So then I was back on the bench. And so City, they kind of fucked me off at this point. Yeah. Like, whatever, you're gone. Go and do it. But I think I was year one of a four-year deal that I'd signed when I'd been doing well. Mm-hmm. So then it's a bit of a dilemma. Got me like obviously making the noise that if you don't want me, it's fine, but I need to go and play. I, mm. I want to go and play it. You know, if, if you, they're like, fine, go and find somewhere to go. So I went to Birmingham with intention to leave. Like I only went on loan because I had so long on my contract and they were probably putting too big a price on my yeah, head for, yeah, what yeah. I, for what I warranted. You could get to go out. You could show everybody what you're about. You'd have teams like lining up to sign you, hopefully. Yeah, that, that, that was the plan. Obviously, yeah. that was the best case. And, you know, Alex McLeish came in and, and it, yeah, fair play. He took me on, obviously coming up, and um, you know, it didn't start. I wasn't. I was okay to start with Mike. They, yeah, Taylor. Know, Mike Taylor's a top keeper. Just bought Mike and Colin Doyle had bought him up from the championship, um, and it, I was okay. And then about fifth game in, I think we played City. So Mike played, drew nil nil, and there was a big decision to make. Whether, really? Yeah, 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 big decision. And he and he said, look, I, I think I bought you here. I believe in you. And then the season went really well from there. And then. Mark Hughes got sacked, Mancini came in, he wanted a different kind of goalkeeper to Shea and you know everything kind of aligned and then I started what I was really doing at Manchester City then. So that, that Birmingham loan, I remember um, I remember watching some of your performances that season and oh my, I remember one away at Stoke City, do you remember this yeah, one? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mate, yeah. Oh, somebody saved, like, so you could, have, you could have had three or four for the show reel, mate, it was yeah. ridiculous, just relentless save after save after save and it was then when obviously end of that season like you smashed it and you could have signed for probably if Man City wouldn't have kept you there would have been at least 8 or 10 Premier League teams who would have gone yep we'll, we'll take him we'll, 100% we'll take him he's good to go um, so the next season starts I then got the move to Birmingham City yep. right so I'm sort of filling your boots so even then straight away I'm thinking oh my god like we don't need this do you remember when we were coming back from Vegas this is incredible, mm-hmm. right? We were we were on the yeah. we were coming home from Vegas, right? And I had just signed for Birmingham like a week before, and there were four blue nose, massive blue nose fans on the line yeah. in front of us, right? And they went, Ben, oh yeah, big boots to fill, mate. And I yeah. hadn't even thought about it yet oh, until yeah. this guy said, "Big boots to fill." Joe Hart's like, he's the man, and I'm thinking, "Fucking hell, don't need yeah. him." <laughs> that was that was a serious kind of at the time. Yeah, that I know, was yeah. all. You, it was that was I think that was when it dawned on you, wasn't it? But yeah, I was like, oh, did, yeah, did you yeah. feel? pressure going in because Joe had smashed it the year before um, no, not so much I don't think because I was but uh, for me it was a massive thing because I got to go home I was living back in the Midlands again I was back yeah. home and comfy and, and it all I just I just had a feeling it would all work out it was absolutely gold um, but that season in particular I remember the first game of the season so we were away at, uh, um, at Sunderland we drew one all I think we did um, and all the lads were but lads loved you by the way at Birmingham they absolutely buzzed off you yeah, like they, they, they were always looking out for you and um, I remember talking to a few of them before the, before the like the game had started or whatever and we were talking about Man City and you were playing Tottenham and I remember saying I just I worry for him though because I just can't see that Mancini's going to put him in ahead of Shea Given it's Shea Given do you know what mm. I mean he's, he's proven he is what he is and then the game had finished and then that game that you played you started the game so Mancini picked you ahead of Shea Given and then I watched the, the footage again <laughs> oh my god mate. I can just see you kicking who was it De Jong or somebody like yeah. some, another block or something like yeah, that and then yeah, yeah. oh that was wild mate because He'd Roberto had brought me back in and said, "Look, please just come and you know and l- let me make a decision." Yeah, so, Shay. Don't know if you know Shay. What what an amazing guy! Legend, like, yeah, love Shay. I love that. I'm glad you said that. If you'd have said he's a dickhead, it would have broke my heart. Love, mate. Absolutely love Shay. Love him. Uh, loved him as a goalie. Loved him as a professional. And um, when he came in, you know, we kind of had that moment. Obviously, he's senior pro. Like he didn't have to have that moment with me, but he kind of went like, look. I was like, look, I've, I've got. I, I, love you at pieces so whatever you need to do do it it's not on you and he was like right always treating me beautifully yeah that's nice yeah um and so obviously when i came back he'd been i could tell i think he was injured towards the end of the season and like him and mancini i don't know why they just clashed really yeah yeah and shay's strong shay's like shay won't be taken for you know taken for granted or i think robert like being italian he had this idea of like a a bigger goalkeeper yeah and he kind of held that against Shea like he wow. didn't let him just be Shea he was and I think he wanted I, something more from Shea that wasn't Shea yeah I think he just rather than just enjoying the great goalkeeper that he was and then Shea could probably felt that and there was a bit of like and Roberto 
saw that I did well and asked me if I'd come back because I was adamant I was gone. Yeah. I was, I was, I was like, what, what do you want me back for? And he was like, you know, come back. So anyway, the pre-season, we shared it a lot and um, we didn't know till he flipped the board of the morning. Oh, wow. Of, of the game, of that Tottenham yeah, game. Of the yeah. first game. Of who was going to play, we didn't know. Because isn't, isn't the, the unwritten rule in football the last... Friendly. The last friendly who yeah. starts the last friendly generally. Yeah, and, and it was kind of, it was leaning, I'd say, if it was going to, it was leaning slightly towards myself. Right. But that's my version of it. Shay's version might be that he was leaning towards him because it, it was hard to work out and, um, you know, after, after, after a good, and it was, it was that, so 2009, 2010, England had gone out it, and it was a good opportunity for me to play for England then as well. Yeah. First England camp was in August, so obviously I needed to start for City to give myself that best opportunity. Yeah, England has just lost to Germany yeah. 4-1 in that World Cup there yeah, then, hadn't J they? Yeah. You know, with Jamo being um, great, the great goalkeeper is, but an older goalkeeper yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and kind of greeny, getting scapegoated with what happened against the, the USA, USA yeah. top keeper that he is. Um, and I was pushing hard from my Birmingham season. And so anyway, and then yeah, flipped the chart and it was... a. Like it was like your Notts County script, mate. <laughs> Just couldn't write it. Uh, yeah, I was, I was in goal. <laughs> I was thinking this, this is a bit awkward. <laughs> like they must have had seven or eight shots, like really good shots, deflection shots where I could like do this kind of beautiful dive yeah, you, don't, you never get the opportunity to do there's them. a free kick one in there that yeah. was just phenomenal yeah mate. it was just, over the wall uh, yeah like b blocks big saves white hart lane what, what yeah. a place to play for old white hart lane that stadium when it was rocking and they Poof. were they were a good team like really good team and shay was laughing on the bench like shay went don't think i'll be getting in anytime <laughs> soon uh you couldn't you couldn't have written it what am i 23 just loving life um yeah it was it was a you couldn't, you couldn't write it. So when, when you, like, at the start of the season, you don't know, obviously you said Shay treated you so well and obviously a lot of mutual respect, but when goalkeepers are kind of vying for number one spot, is it spoken about between the two goalies? I.e., would they go, who do you think he's going to start with, mate? Is that a conversation that occurs? A little bit, a yeah. little bit, but um, that's for, that was like for Shay to lead, you know, being the senior sure. man. Yeah, nice, yeah. Um, you know, I was never, I was always kind of knew my place and, know my place so that was that was Shay's role as it probably would say there was a young goalie coming now who was in a similar situation I know that big goalies being how they are I'd probably have to lead that conversation yeah. I'd, be, I'd be happy coming you know if someone's better than me or someone needs to play ahead of me then I, I'm not putting it on that person it's if you've got anything you've got to have the you got to speak to the manager and if you want to have a problem with someone you've got to go at the top um so yeah, but Shay kind of led it and we and we kind of laughed and joked about it but we also worked damn hard and both wanted it to be us but Football's football's mad, man. You just need to get on with things, and damn right you do as yeah. well. And and it's not everything's set up for you to just move in one direction. You need to be prepared to go here, to go there, to come here, to yeah. maybe come back. I must admit though, I would like my manager to just pull us like I don't know, maybe a few days before and go. Listen, this is how it is. I'd much rather, honestly, I would. I'd much rather be on open and honest and but just that's go. What we all this want. is the reason. That's why I'll never that. be a goalkeeper, mate. Because yeah. everyone says, oh, when I'm a manager, I'm going to do that. And no one ever does it. No, they because don't because they're protecting themselves. You know, they'll have their reasons. They're not doing it to spite you. They'll be there reason uh, it's somewhere in the chess game that they can't do it and ugh. 347 man city appearances mate jesus that's not bad years. that you know Good 12 years it's a long time isn't it yeah i'd say yeah i'd say three or three or four of them spent on loan but yeah it's a good slog that um got to ask you about the loan actually we were talking about it just briefly got to ask you about the loan in Torino, so he went in sixteen seventeen mm. season, and obviously a few English players have been abroad. But how was the experience for you, and was it was it an easy decision? Awesome! It was a, that was a wild part of my life. I was just I was kind of well established at City, well established with England. Managers changed, you know. Obviously, we all know. Well, we don't all know, but Pep came in. I wasn't his goalkeeper. I'm two years into a five year deal, a strong deal that someone can't just. Yeah, rip up. Uh, I'm technically an asset at the club, so they can't just give me away, even though they didn't need me anymore. Um, so it was, it was a bit of a mess. So <clears throat> obviously, I'm trying to, you know, it's fine, it's whatever. If that's football, I, I love Man City. My love for them will never change, but I love the club. Um, you know, if the team changes and the moments change, then I need to change. And if the most important guy there doesn't want me, then I need to go somewhere else. So anyway, try tried to move here. It was right at the end of the transfer window, so it was busy where people have made decisions on goalkeepers. Uh, so th can this work? No. Can that work? No. All right, this is working. Yeah, but they won't pay this or 
they'd be in charge of this. They haven't got that in the budget. A lot of factors come into it at yeah, that point. Goalkeeping is factors. so mental. Oh. It's, like a, it's like a house of cards, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's such a jigsaw. Once it gets going, it will get it? going. But it needs something to get going first uh, for it to happen. I, but it already got going. It already happened. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was away with England. Big Sam's first first England camp. And he, and he still picked me even though I hadn't started the first two games. It was obvious that I had to go somewhere. And it was like right at the end of August. And then this kind of Torino thing came up. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how, you know, they're not a, they're not a, uh, you know, they're not a big money power force yeah, in yeah, Italy. Yeah, yeah. They're seventh, eighth in the league. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the behind the scenes, they'd made it work. And like Foz said, I, I just wanted to play. I didn't want to be involved in the whole chaos. And if they, if they were going to let me go there, then I was like, hell yeah, let's go there. Like, why not? <laughs> if that's my only opportunity, then, you know, load me up, we're going. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. It was an amazing place, amazing city. I went there in the recent international break, made some good friends. Um, wicked football club, huge, lot of soul, lot of heart, heart of the city. And um, I loved it. Loved trying to learn the language. Um, Pick much Italian up? No, mate. So, <laughs> so I've gone there at 29, having probably put the brakes on my uh, learning from about 14, 15, when things started to find their path. So to try and learn something again, like I was all up for it. I was like, I'm lessons, you know, I respect the culture. I'll, I, I want to go for it. I'd love to walk out of here. And I just, and I tried really hard, but poor, it was hard to learn things. <laughs> mm. It's so hard to learn. <laughs> and they used to, like the lads used to buzz off me, just uh, pulling out my tiny bit of Italian and in the butt. Yeah, it was good. Those swear words, you just know all the swear words. Yeah. That's what you need, mate. Did you, did you notice that the <laughs> style of football was much different? Yeah, I noticed that um, there was an awful lot of talk of, of build-up. There was a lot of talk of... Basically, what I got from it is there was a, everyone had a plan for nil-nil. What was going to happen until nil-nil? Yeah. Games were really structured. As soon as someone scored, it was fucking carnage. Really? <laughs> yeah, because we'd, we'd constantly work in pattern of play, of playing against the system that we were expecting to play against and how we were going to counter it and how we were going to deal with it. But then as soon as the dynamic of the game changed... It just, it wasn't, it wasn't boring Italian football anymore. Plan out the window. Yeah, yeah. It was like either backs to the walls or just gung-ho going for it. What was training like? Because uh, every time I've had an Italian manager, they are just on it. Yeah, it was, we trained at this place called Sea Sport. It was, of all the training grounds I've trained at, it was comfortably the worst. And I'm talking about like Shrewsbury Town League conference. <laughs> really, yeah, park. It, it was rubbish, mate. But it was, <laughs> but it was amazing. It, it was amazing all at the same time. It, they actually just moved, they moved out of it that year that I left and into a newer one. Um, it was very hard to play football on. It was kind of ripped up, battered. The weather was, um, it was very hot in the summer, and obviously it was it was like very cold in the winter. So the, the pitches were constantly battered, um, and the training was, yeah, it was it was constant build up. It was constant shape. You know, I probably had about five or six five you know small sided games in the whole time oh I was out wow um it was every day yeah trained every day you were either in you know you're in there for hours hardly doing anything but um no i say all that but it's still a great part of my life and, and it, being around people that were used to it you just get used to it yeah you know um i want to talk about some of the managers you've played for then mate one in particular who i've got a massive bin b in my bonnet about okay so you've played under some absolute monsters i've got a nice little list here by the way mancini yeah. pellegrini guardiola Mourinho, sean deitch i'm chucking him in there because i think he's class and your current manager posta cogli i want to talk about him in a minute but the one i want to talk about nuno esperito santo when he took over at spurs right yeah um i've listened to a podcast you said um and you said in it basically that when he he kind of he had made his mind up, he, you weren't for him, and mm -hmm. that's fine. People do make their mind up, Agreed. but the reasoning for what his reasons why he didn't want you to be around anymore, I'll, I've got them here. Let me just read them out quickly. Um, this is what he said: In my opinion, we all reach a point in our career where the body won't allow you to play football. We're at it now, Joe. I would not feel comfortable with you playing one minute for me. The ball's too quick for you. You're too old. You're not moving. You've got no strength in your body. Fuck off! What on earth, mate? Yeah, there were there were some. You are thirty four years old at this point. Thirty four, yeah. My God, I'm not having it, mate. I'm sorry. I know, I know. It was it was mad, mate. It, but Spurs were at a point where they really needed to do. They needed to have those, not those conversations, but they needed to move people on. They need to be honest. They needed to, you know, someone they didn't feel because they'd already brought um, Galini in from 
Atalanta. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was on loan, weren't yeah. he? With yeah. a thing so they'd already made that decision. Yeah. And I was like, look, do I need to have a conversation here? Because I heard he'd signed. And that was when we had the conversation. Um, yeah, I, d- I, didn't, I didn't agree. It was really hard and strange to hear. And then I thought, hang on, am I kidding myself? Because this guy's, you know, he's been a decent manager. Yeah. Has, has he seen something? He's also been a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper as Apparently. well. That's what I mean. Apparently yeah. he was a goalkeeper. Um, and I was like, you know, I, you know, the insecurity of me, of everyone was like, and then I was like, nah, that's wrong. Absolutely wrong. You can tell me you don't like me for this reason or technically you can tell me yeah, you don't like yeah, me, yeah. but all those reasons you've given me are probably the... Yeah, the last thing I'd think of. Are the things that yeah. I kind of have got in my locker. Yeah. No, even when I'm crap at being in goal, I've still got them in my yeah, locker. Yeah. Um, like football's mad, isn't it? Some mad stuff happens. <laughs> it's like you said earlier on, though, it's like that chess... Yeah, with the goal. He's like that chess game, isn't yeah, it? And it was yeah. obviously that was his way of. Yeah, that was his way <sighs> of handling it. Maybe he thought, you know, maybe maybe two or three other guys had the, a similar conversation where that he was just he just went in on them. Um, but I'd never had that conversation, and I, and I just didn't. It just didn't feel right, especially as a guy like I'm a pretty um, pretty open to a conversation. I'm pretty open to being told that I'm not someone's cup of tea. Mm that they think they can do better than me. Like I'm, I'm, I've always made it clear that I'm, that's fine. You know, that happens and people have opinions and people like goalies more than like other goalies. And if that, if I fall into that bracket, then it doesn't need to be awkward. It certainly doesn't need to be like that. Um, but like I say, like football is class in it. Can, <laughs> I'd it, say, mate, I'd say what you've just done <laughs> the last, for the last two years up at Celtic, mate, has probably put to paid any kind of doubts of any of that kind of stuff that was said from him anyway. So, um, I don't agree with any of it, mate. I really don't. I just think if you're if you're going to tell somebody that they're not for you, then you do it. But you don't you don't come down to reasons that are just pure made up lies, mm. basically. So I'll say that for you, mate. I'm not having it anyway. Jose Mourinho, talk to me about Jose. Good guy. Yeah, I knew. Um, co- you know, COVID was a strange time for everyone, wasn't it? And I was out of contract at Burnley, um, and I was in the abyss of I didn't have a contract for the first time in my life. Yeah. And I was having a few conversations and my agent was like, you know, and the one slot, I was like, I'll go anywhere. You know, I'll, if, if I need to travel, I'm still, I'm still, I'm ready to travel. I'm ready, ready to play. And it just, there just wasn't anything available. And, and I kind of found myself in, in that, excuse me, in the market where people didn't really want me. Yeah. That's, you know, like <laughs> I say, that's fine. People didn't want me. They, they didn't see me as an opportunity. Um, and he was like, you know, if you want to, if you want to speak to Jose, he's really interested. But obviously, you know the role that he's offering. I was like, I can't speak to Jose because I know from the small encounters that I've had with him that if I speak to him, it's done. I want, I want to go. <laughs> It'll hook you in. Yeah, hundred percent. I knew there's no way that I was. There's no way that you could go to him or the conversation. I knew that we were going to have where I could go. All right, okay, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. The only t- if I spoke to him, I was done. Like he's, <laughs> he's so charming. Is he's he so really? charismatic. He's amazing, and. uh so yeah, worked on a few other things and then it just felt like the right time. Sat down with the people closest to me and said, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to speak to him. And if I go, I want everyone to hear me say these words. Worst case situation means I do not play a game of football for two years. Never. And so I want you to hear me saying that and I want you to hear, hear me saying I'm okay with that. Because yeah. I, ha- I have to be, yeah, I think in that situation, you have to be okay with the worst. Yeah. There's nothing worse than two months in, I'm going home and going, Fucking hell, Hugo's playing in the FA Cup. Yeah. Did not pick me. It's yeah. it's it's what it is is realistic. It's yeah. Probably not fully honest because deep down you're going, no, I want to play. I was a sniff. Yeah. You've always got to have it in the back of your head. No, man, I I will show everybody what I can do. You always want to do that, but you have to be realistic sometimes as well, yeah. don't you? And so I spoke to him, like I say, COVID. So it's it's FaceTime conversations, and he's just uh yeah he's a as a as a person he's an amazing guy to be around told me you know he's obviously very knowledgeable he's very when it comes to these conversations and I imagine he's had with many many players he'll give you two or three examples that you didn't think that he'd know about you that he does know about really, you yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god he's literally watching everything about me he's not uh but yeah and I was like you know what I I, I want a bit of that it's, it's strange uncertain times um I'd love to go down there and see what I can do to help and that's that's what I decided I wanted to do. Boom, I love that, mate. Um, and then your current manager and Postacoglu, tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, he's um. So I spoke obviously I spoke to Ange when the Tottenham thing, and I was like, 
It's like, no, you know what? If something doesn't come up that I don't want to do, I'm not going to do it. And if it means that I have to sit another year and then that's me out of football, then so be it. I've, I've done what I need to do in football. Uh, and I got asked to have a conversation with him. And, I, you know, respectfully, I didn't know much about his background. Mm. And he was so cool. And I just said, I probably sounded like a strange guy because I went, I need to speak first. I, like, I don't mean this in a rude way, but um, this is what's gone on. Um, this is why I'm struggling with with football. I said, for me to work, this is what, this is how you'll get a best version of me if yeah. if, if we do get there. You know, just um, honesty. Give me a chance to show you what I can do. Um, I'll help. I'll I'll be a part of it. I, I said all I want to do is be a part of something. Like I don't like this kind of bit part here a year, there a year. Like I need to be a part of something. I need to feel something. Um, if you give me that opportunity, then I think all in basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. all in. Yeah. Uh, and he said, look, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I've liked you. I like you as a goalkeeper. He said, I don't even, I'm not even going to talk to you about goalkeeping. I've done a bit of, um, I've done a bit of digging about you as a person. I'm getting very positive things. Yeah. I've done more digging about when you haven't been playing and, you know, you've always been a positive influence and someone trying to push and drive and help. Um, so, you know, it's early stages in the talks, but, um, I like what you've got to offer. And I was like, well, I like what you've got to offer. And then it just progressed from there. But And then to work with, I didn't know that he was a total football manager. I didn't know that he was, he literally turned up to Celtic on his own, didn't bring any staff with him, no, nothing. Just walked in and just an awesome force, an unbelievable um, coach, really, really strong presence, um, very, very clear, know exactly where you stand, asks a lot of people, but asks because he believes that they can do it. Um, and he's got us working as a unit. He's got different characters in. I think we bought in 11 players last year. We've bought maybe close to the same again, but everyone's just a cog in this moving in this, in this ship that's trying to move forward. And that cog includes the fans. It includes the history. It includes the staff. It includes, uh, the backroom staff, the, you know, the, the chefs, the people that work for the foundation, like he includes all that. Yeah, and the ones you see and, every single we day. Re of your life. We represent them and they represent us. And, that's me. That's what I like. That's music to me. That's what I want to be a part of. So, it could I couldn't be prouder to be here and happier to work under him. Oh mate, well, that's so, lovely. Yeah, it's really great. Just want to talk about Man City as a whole, then, all right? So, yep. what was it? Three hundred and what forty-seven appearances? Yeah, remember that well. Yeah, three hundred forty-seven. Mm -hmm. um, so, of your twelve years that you were there, then yeah, I need like a top three or a top five or something of the players that when you were there made you go whoa. Oh, a top, a top five. Richard Dunn has got to be in, in the really? top five. He I made love me, this. He made me go, whoa, because he was just like, he was really strong. He was really aggressive. He was so consistent. He was quick. He was holding together a, a tough team. And he was, you know, four, four, four years in a row, player of the season. Everybody loved him. Everybody respected him. And he was... um. Yeah, I thought he was, you know, that, if, we, if we're going to go full 12 years. No, damn right as well. And I love that. Do you yeah. know why? Because he's he's he was on that cusp of when money started to come, mm. but he was still there and he was still doing a bit, but yeah. he doesn't get mentioned in the same breath as some of the big boys, that's, does that's he? That's the beauty of Man, like Man City. You know, I, I respect that they're a, they're a new powerhouse. They are a new powerhouse and they're new fan base. And you could probably go to in a shopping mall in Malaysia and a young guy will be wearing a nine Harlan shirt. Yeah, yeah. All stuff like that's special, but... They definitely did exist before. Damn right, they did as well. Yeah, there now, and that is Nicky Weaver existed, Nikki, mate. Come Nikki on, Weaver or that, Sean that, Goater and heck Gary, yes. Paul Dickoff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Main Road. I like Paul Dickoff, and that, and that I love the club. I love the club. Like I genuinely, am deeply in love with Manchester City as a football club because yeah. they embraced me. Nineteen-year-old from Shrewsbury, um, you know, they was down the lower end of the Premier League, but made me feel special. Made my family feel special. Made me feel safe. Yeah. Made my mum feel happy that her son was safe. Uh, so, yeah, it's great that they're who they are and what they are now. And I think they're amazing how they're doing it. But, yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot more to it. Uh, so, Dunny, um, Vincent is just a colossal human being, an amazing player, yeah. amazing captain. Look at him now. He's taken over the world, isn't he? Uh, Vinny, do you know what I love about Vinny Company is just he just the guy that would come in do his job 
not sing or dance about it, go home, and he would just do it properly every single day, relentlessly. Every Six day. mil, I think they bought him for absolute peanuts in today's money. Every day um, on it, put his body through hell, played, you know, literally he'd be pulling his calf, pulling his quad. Every four or five games, it was so frustrating because if, if we knew Vinny was playing, like we knew we were strong. You're good, yeah. Um, you know, I've played with some, you know, Micah, Zaba, Gail, I'd feel guilty naming names. Yeah. Jolian. Picking individuals out. Yeah. Then you've got like Gaz Barry, the, anyone inside of, inside of football. Fuck. You mentioned Gareth Barry's name. They go, what a player. Yeah. <laughs> what a player. Like James Milner, everyone, you know, can, can have your fun about him just being fit. He's not just fit. He's fucking brilliant. Mate, tell me, talk to, talk to just explain people, to people the, the importance of having a James Milner in your team. How, how, how integral is that to winning trophies? Not not many have got James Milner's. That's how important he yeah. is. James Milner's. I was thinking the other day, like, he's a good winger. He's a very good fullback. He's a amazing centre mid. Yeah, he played up front for us for a patch when we were struggling with strikers, <laughs> oh and he God. was and he was wicked. Um, but he'd do all of it with a smile on his face, and he'd get. But just to the to the to the best of his ability, and he and he's talented as fuck, man. He's been about since he was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. He's got skill. He's got you know shooting left and right foot, like crossing, um, distribution, obviously engine, obviously tackling. Wicked player. I, d I don't like that he's just known as. Uh, well, it's, it's got nothing to do with me how he's known and how people see him, but he's like a bit of a bit of a Gazbarri, isn't he? Yeah, like, Gazbarri. So oh yeah, seven hundred odd appearances. Yeah, he's a bit of a legend. No, Underappreciated. Fucking yeah. good, man. Like really good. Yeah, footballer. damn right. Um, then obviously you've got Yaya's just a, a, a phenom. He was frustrating. He was frustrating. But geez, when he decided it was time to win a game, he'd just go and win it. There you go. Have a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, David, just a, an amazing, amazing Silver. little character. David Silva, oh. amazing little character, but unbelievable footballer. But I used to laugh every day. Like, he's not fast. He's so one footed, <laughs> it's a joke. He's weak, <laughs> but then again, he no one could touch him. Yeah, his brain was just uh, superior. No one could touch yeah. him. Uh, <laughs> that's what makes football football, though, right? That is the in a world of, of like yeah. stats he never, and I know. he never used his right foot. He didn't head it. Obviously, he was I don't know five three. He wasn't particularly strong. About eight, probably start doing bicep curls <laughs> for the summer. <laughs> No real power in his left foot. <laughs> yeah, either. I know. If you're building him on like championship manager or something, you went buying him. Nah. Like, he, he's not. He's not turning out for a League Two team. But wow, what a player! And what like what what guy as well? Really good guy. Good guy. Fun guy. Uh, then there's obviously Kun up front. Tevez. I played with Kevin. Played with Raheem. Oh, jeez. Yeah, what? that's a bit of a harsh top five of us. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a bit of a harsh top five, Let's call it a top mate. 50. There's Zeko. Zeko, yeah. yeah. He's still right at it. Sami Nasri, like, when it comes to being talented footballers, to be able to, like, he could just roll out, oh, you got a pair of size eights, bang them on, and just beautiful Good footballer. Good to go. Beautiful footballer. And there's one other, one other guy. Why always me? <laughs> uh, Mario. Super Mario. Yeah. Tell us on. about Mario. So he gets a bit of a bad rep, but from everything I've heard, and I know my, some of it might be from you, but he was a good guy, right? Mario was harmless. Mario was just a big kid. Um, bit of a... He found a way for everything to be him. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was mad. It was that, that, that side of him was, was tough. But in terms of him genuinely as a person and like having a good heart and just being a sweet guy, that was him. He just... He just needed attention all the time. Yeah. He just needed just he, a bit of love. You know, a bit of a bit insecure or however you want to see it. But um yeah, he was all right. He was a good lad, Mario. Right, mate, this has been incredible, by the way. I've buzzed I've buzzed off this so we haven't much. We've talked about England, haven't we? Like We don't need to talk about England. You two have got a couple of nice stories, haven't you? What's the stories we've got for England? Well, you've got your mate Fabio. Um John. and John. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. We can have a little chat on this then quick then. Right. So, um, all right. Let's take it back then to um, Brazil 2014. Okay. Yep. Um, Rio. Um, we, we had a good time, didn't we? The goalies had a good time. We did. Yeah. It didn't work out quite quite so well for it the England really team. Didn't. <laughs> no, it really did. <laughs> oh, hurt, man. Yeah, it really didn't. <laughs> I know. Um, but we, like I said, we had a nice time. So the goalie union, me, you, Fraser Forster, um, basically gymmed every day, smashed the life out of it. Yeah. Um, a bit of golf, a bit of this. But when it came down to it, training, mate, it was incredible, weren't it? Yeah. We were popping every single day. Yeah, loved it. Loved training with you and Fraser. 
think we had a great dynamic. Um, obviously, we all got on well with Dave Watson, great goalkeeper coach. And, mate, I'm just, to be honest, England career-wise, I'm just, I loved it and I'm proud of it, but I'm also gutted that, like, it just didn't really come to much. Yeah, 75 appearances. Yeah, I know, I know, 75 and amazingly proud to have said that I've represented my country and, you know, captained it and played with all these top players, but... Yeah, just just gutted, mate. Yeah, like Brazil, like we were what we were there ten days. We had a World Cup in Brazil, two really fine games against Italy, a good Italy team, a good Uruguay team. That's not an excuse. They just facts fell the wrong side of them. Um, yeah, nuts. I'm with you, mate. They were good. They weren't brilliant, though, were they? No. It always seemed like though that we just would fall short. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. We would just fall short inevitably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a few years before that, Fabio Capello. Um, so we've got, I've got a few little sort of like Fabio Capello stories. Because I think, it, well, I've said before in the, in the past that me and him didn't really see too much eye to eye. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a few funny stories actually. Of, um, so at that time when we were, we were playing under Fabio Capello, um, mm. I remember us training. It would have been me, you, and who else would have been there at that time? Mate, it was a revolving door. It was a revolving door. It was Kirkland, door. it was Green, it was James. John Ruddy was in for it a bit afterwards Carson, and all that. John Carson, Ruddy. yeah. Uh, who else was there? Stockdale. It's, wow, David Stockdale. Big Stock, Stocky. Go Stocky on, Big. He was there. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was it was wild, mate. Paul Robinson. Paul Robbo was there yeah. as well. Bloody hell, there's a few. We could yeah, have gone loads. for a few more as well. Um, I remember a few times, right, at training. Um, and I, I, he would genuinely would he would come behind and he would watch the goalies and he would just be watching us and you knew what he was you knew that he was going to say something he was brewing from the weekend before. <laughs> when, when Joe says brewing by the means he means he's, he's just miserable he's yeah. just angry he'd have seen something in every single one of our games and he, he was coming up and some maybe first day maybe second day yeah. he was coming over and was just going to let loose I loved how he just let loose about what he wasn't happy with yeah. it wasn't a discussion <laughs> and John, da, 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 Crystal Palace, rah, here, <laughs> and then just go. <laughs> right, okay, sound nice one. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that one, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, he used to do that an awful lot. That's what I mean. Like I say, I, I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, I, there was the way that he kind of uh, his management. He was obviously a very good manager, yeah, but yeah. I just felt on a personal level. No, there w probably wasn't that respect there that I felt a manager should be. But wait there a second, you're overlooking the John. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly that. So he's called. He used to call Joe John. Like he would quite. He would honestly say it to your face, John, and you would go, "No, it's Joe." <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's what I mean. That's how I think he. His players were just his players to him. Like they were, I. I. It. It was. A, I find that he only called. It was Crouchy. He was the only one who got a Crouchy, and a Waza. Everyone else was a uh, really formal. Yeah, really first formal. name. Like if it was Art or Fast Art yeah. or, or John, it was yeah, it was like you yeah you worked for him, which is fine. That was his way of working, but yeah, the John thing. That was, that was hard to take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> come on, we're going to move on from Capello. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, have you heard of a thing called Chat GPT? No. Right, okay, so this is like in the world of like tech and science and all this new computer fangled stuff, right? In the world of Ben Foster, is that what you're No, saying? no, no, it's not my game. Like, this is Seba's game here. This is Seba's oh, okay. game here, who does all the kind of, he's the clever one, right? So anyway, there's this new thing called ChatGPT. Apparently it can do anything for you, right? If you, oh. wanna, if you want it to write you a song, it'll write you a I've song. I've heard of it, apologies. There you go, do, boom. Yeah, I've heard someone so, talk about that. So anyway, right, I, uh, I downloaded the app earlier today and I thought, oh, I wonder what if I put in what are interesting questions for Joe Hart, what it would come up with, okay? And fair play to it, mate. It's come up with some decent questions. Right. Genuinely, it's come up with some decent questions, all right? So it gave me 10. I'll ask you a few of my favourite ones, all right? Or ones that maybe people are going to want to know the answers to, all right? Okay. Um, what has been your greatest achievement in your career so far? Um, still being here now and still playing at a level that I absolutely love being at. With a big old smile on your face as well, geez. Um what has been your biggest challenge as a goalkeeper and how did you overcome it? See what I mean? How good are these questions? This really is an good. AI robot, by the way. Um, great question. Yeah, see? Uh, see? So, what's my biggest challenge? I think it's just daily just being a goalkeeper and how I've overcome it. I haven't, but I've, I'm, I've managed it. 
pretty well. Yeah, I think that's the key. I don't think you're ever going to smash it, you know. No. You're never going to master it. No way. But you can live with it. Maybe there was a moment in my life where I thought I had mastered it yeah. and I got a pretty rude awakening. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Can you share a defining moment in your career that shaped your playing style? How good are these questions, by the way? Look, my that's playing what they look like. style. It's good, isn't it? I don't even know. I don't, I know because I don't know. I don't even know what my playing style is. I really I know don't. what your playing style is. Go on. Um, it's a bit like Peter Schmeichel. Big and brave and a leader on the pitch. Right, okay. There you go. I'll answer that question for you, all Thanks, right? Thanks, mate. <laughs> is that a playing style? Yeah. Without doubt. Big and brave and like commanded. That's exactly what it is. There you go. I'll answer it for you, mate. Um, how do you prepare yourself mentally now before a big game? Uh, I bore an L every single game the same, as in do my prep, train to the best I can, know what I need to know as best I can know about the opposition, put my boots on, put my gloves on, go for it. That'll do. Don't yeah. overthink it. No. Bosh. Love it. Um, and the rest of my kit, just in case. And the what? Obviously, I didn't mention I had kill. Yeah, and I yeah. look a bit weird just for your boots and gloves on. What do you think is the key to being a successful goalkeeper? No idea. Love that. Which goalkeeper, past or present, do you find most inspiring and why? That's a good question. Excellent question. All, all different ranges, who's springing out. So many different factors. There isn't one. There isn't one. But, but Gigi's just on that level for me just because... Him as a goalkeeper, love him. Been lucky enough to share a field with him. Loved watching him. Know that he knows that his importance in the game and the eyes of a goalkeeper and how he behaves is phenomenal. Have you ever played him against him? No, never played against him. Just amazing to be around. He makes like a like a Jose makes you feel like he knows you. Makes he makes oh. you feel like he has an interest in your life. And I think that's a to have that responsibility of being like one of the top men and to still make, I could, you know, obviously I felt it and I was like, fuck, Gigi knows, Gigi Gigi knows about him. Yeah. But then I'm, then, I'm, then I'm watching him when he's in the tunnel with other goalies and I, and I just see him making them feel the same. I just think that's special. That is special. That. Yeah. Um, I watched him on telly a couple of years ago and I remember he would have been 39, 40 or whatever. Yeah. And oh, mate, he was, a, he was phenomenal to watch because he was still one of the best goalies in the world mm -hmm. even at 39, 40 yeah. do you know what I mean reading the game yeah right yeah, yeah but re for reading the game do you know what I mean I think yeah. I think nowadays like one of the biggest skills you can have is that nous do you know what I mean Reed. reading the game which is impossible to explain <sighs> it is isn't it yeah. exactly that it is impossible right a couple more to go mate and then we're nearly there alright um, how has the sport of football changed since you first started playing uh, the sport hasn't changed the rules have obviously changed a bit the people in it and the way that it is as a business, the way that people see it, that I've been around players now, I've gone from being football players to athletes to potential brands to being told what to do to now just taking control, complete control of their own situations yeah. and living in their own world rather than being in someone else's in terms of being told what to do and how to behave and when to be in at night. Oh, fuck, that's deep, that isn't it? <laughs> nice. It's true, though. It is exactly true. Um, and finally, what advice would you have for young aspiring goalkeepers? Just fucking go for it. Boom. Go, go for it. Just go for it. Don't try and be anything other than the best that you can be, and just go for it, mate. Joe, you have been absolutely incredible, mate. Thank seriously, you so that was wicked. You are the man. Your, love your work, guys. Nah, seriously, you, you smashed it. Doing um, great stuff. We finish every podcast by looking into that camera there and saying, "Up the Foscast." Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast. Didn't even have to ask him to do that. He just knows how to do it. Yeah, well done, do. mate. Brilliant. Thank really you. Really good. Class. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Fozcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Fozcasts.